Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That cold case you're listening to? Nasty stuff. But you know what else is a crime? Missing even a moment of whatever you're doing to go on a drink run. Luckily, there's Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery. With Drizzly, you can compare prices on the biggest selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered in under 60 minutes. So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. This is Culver's and Fire. Rock's not dead. It's hiding. And you found it. Well done. The time has come for the Cobra to rise up and reveal himself. Welcome to Cobras and Fire. I'm your host, Luce Cannon, along with Baco. How are you, sir? I'm well, and you? Well, I'm great now, but as you know, this episode was supposed to be called... The Three Sides of the Shilling? <laughs> the Three Sides? Just, okay. Three Sides of a Shilling, yes. Our... I even bought special beer for that, by the way. It's uh, a brand called Odell Brewing Company. Yeah, I've heard and of it's it. Called, it's called Sh- Shilling. <laughs> Yeah, a guy I went to high school with as one of the owners. Oh, that's awesome. That's up in Minnesota? That's where it's No, from, it's or? in Fort Collins. That's where he lives now. Um, okay. He, he was back here recently, and so I hung out with him, and that's when I kind of found out what he's been doing. Did you drink it, or you still have it for when we actually do I it? still have it. I'm waiting. Good. That's, that's a good decision. So, yeah, so just so you know, listeners, we are not avoiding doing our very original KISS talk show that involves three opinions about KISS subjects. It's just simply we had technical. One of a kind. Yeah, never been done before. Never been done before, but that's going to be next time. So our our scheduling with the great, great Chris Sinzak of Decibel Geek has just not come together with actual equipment that works. So <laughs> we we will return with Let's that. Let's blame him. Let's say like he just kept bailing. Yeah, that's Our fine. equipment's been fine. It's <laughs> Sinzak is... You know, he's, I think he drinks a lot. <laughs> That's right. He gives, I'll be there 9 o'clock, and then he just never shows. Sorry, dude. Passed out again. <laughs> Absolutely not professional. Anything to do not with his show, he's just a, a shithead. But we're, we'll move on from from this. Yeah. But anyway, so today we have, our theme is going to be crazy covers. Sober up, buddy. 
exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Carry on. Yeah. So our, our subject this time is going to be crazy covers. We're we're going to play either songs that do not rock that turn into rock songs or the reverse basically taking something that really rocks and then taking it down slowing it down and in either case that it just works and you know isn't there just nothing worse than a cover that sounds exactly the same as an original you know i don't know i i really don't know which way to go on that my what i've found is the ones i like i like and the ones i don't i don't and sometimes it's it's spot on and sometimes it's a kind of a reimagining. I will say this: uh, if you're not going to change much, you you better nail it. Exactly, you better knock it out of the park. I mean, you've got stuff like oh, I'm trying to think of. It pretty much is is faithful to the original, but something like the the uh, Dio tribute tribute album that mm-hmm. had Anthrax doing Neon Nights. I mean, they they killed it, but again, it wasn't really anything different. Uh, there's you know a yeah, I, I, some bands, I don't know, it, you know, we talk about the it factor a lot, and I think some bands just get it, mm-hmm. and they know what, you know, it's like they almost bottle the passion in their recording, too. Like, you can tell they actually really enjoy the song. Right. I would, I would put Anthrax, Pantera, and probably the Foo Fighters as three groups that, like, if I hear they're doing a cover, I want to hear it. Right. Other than that, uh, especially if, if, you know, if you're going to do a cover, I, I prefer an artist to go deep. Like you know, I I, I don't want to hear Warrant do "We Will Rock You," you know, like they did for that movie. Right. I, I can't remember what you know. But that's my point: is that like you know, first of all, you think you're you're branching out and showing how broad based you are by doing the biggest hit by a band. I just I don't know. That just shows you don't really know much of their catalog, typically. But or if you do a big hit, it should be something out of your comfort zone. No, I, I agree, one hundred percent. So exactly, you don't want to hear the, the the more popular songs, and and you know cover albums for the most part they suck because I don't know what happened where about fifteen and twenty years ago there was just a a just a barfing out of of cover albums and yeah. and so many terrible useless covers. So we're not talking about those today. We're talking about ones that are a little either like you say that they just knock it out of the park, keeping it somewhat close to the original but still have have a vibe so one that was i don't know how crazy it is but one that just came out which you just said you're kind of a fan of but i've heard probably about 20 times and i'll tell you why i like it so much too is it's it's not that it's that much different than the original but just the way that they just fucking own it that's off the new motorhead album bad magic the cover of sympathy for the devil yeah, I mean it's good. I just, I, I don't know for whatever reason I, I didn't get into it quite as much as you. But I don't know. It's not like I shut it off when it comes on. I've, I haven't listened to it twenty times. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's something to do with with the drums. Phil Campbell's just kills it with two monster solos, and it just gets to the the good part of the original right away. And there's something about, I mean, Lemmy's voice where it's well, it's always been an acquired <laughs> taste and. And rough as hell. I mean, this fuck, fuck that. If you don't like Lemmy's voice, I don't know. I'm just. I don't want to talk to you. Yeah. Well, the point being is that it's got so much character and everything, but he's. I mean, it's a perfectly suited for him. I was like, wow. Why do, does there have to be another cover of Sympathy for the Devil? But this one, he sounds like basically he's dying on this, and and that he's the devil on yeah. on the cover to begin with. And what I really compare it to is the way that Johnny Cash 
covered hurt by Nine Inch Nails. Oh, I, I do not like that comparison. Well, but the reason I compare it to is is they're both they both were near the end of their pretty much the end of their life is what it seems like. You know, he's got all the health problems and everything, and it just there's something about it that's just so passionate, and they they just kill it with the the solos. I, I love. I it. just I think Johnny Cash took it in a, uh, a much different direction than uh, than than Motorhead did on this. Now, I will tell you this: it's still I, I, Lemmy or Motorhead. I don't know if you can really separate the two. He is definitely guilty of the covering the hits. I mean, they did a cover of Cat Scratch Fever and right. I don't know, a couple other ones, but this is good. This is probably one of the better ones. One thing that I like by him probably more than some of the other covers he's chosen, but it always sounds like Motorhead, and that's typically not a bad thing. Yeah, and and I, I just think Phil Campbell's an underrated guitarist. That's one of the reasons that I got into Motorhead so much. As Hell well. yeah. I mean, he just, even on the last album where you got a band that's 21 and 22 albums into their career there's songs like uh, Coup d'etat that's how you say that right? yeah I'm not, yeah well they had they, he just solos all over that entire song of that on that track 2 on the Aftershock album and uh-huh. I just that's what makes the, the the song for me is the vocals and, and just the the guitars on it so without well, further while, go ahead oh, well a while back you and I talked about how we both kind of came into Motorhead late in the game yep. Yes. Um, and so maybe some of the old timers will shoot me for this, but I think uh, Phil Campbell is the epitome of the Motorhead guitar sound oh, more yeah. than anybody that's ever been in the band. Fast Eddie Clark, uh, Brian Robertson, I think was in there for a while. No, one hundred percent. I mean, the fact that they had they've been together basically twenty years as a trio, and I think this well, is the, the almost twenty five. I think. Yeah, and they. I think this is the tightest that they've ever been as far as the, the lineup. I agree. So. Yeah, without, without anything else to say about that, well, here's Motorhead off their latest album, Bad Magic, covering... Sympathy S- for the devil! Well done. Woo-hoo!
right, Baco. So, as usual, in Minnesota, you've been going to tons of concerts. And why don't you name a few that you've been to lately? Well, since we last talked, I think uh, it's mainly just been Lynch Mob and uh, the Food Fighters. I got this two-day festival coming up this coming weekend, but uh, those have been the main shows. Cool, cool. So why don't you, why don't you break down the, the Foo Fighters one, then? Uh, I don't know what to tell you. It was incredible. Uh, they played... <laughs> I, it, I haven't been that jazzed about an arena show since 96 on the Kiss reunion tour. Mm-hmm. Um, I stood up and never sat down. Um, I had good but not great seats. And... It, this uh, it's it's the new hockey arena. Well, it's not new anymore. It was built in 2001, I think. But it was actually on the same. You know, they basically tore down the, the building I saw Kiss in and built this thing. And it is just amazing for an, an arena sound. I mean, typically they're hit or miss. Correct. On, 100%. But, <clears throat> but, echoey. Sometimes. Yeah. But not not this show. I mean, it was it was like having your radio just fucking cranked and. Uh, and they didn't do anything gimmicky like, you know, Kiss does. And I don't mean that as a shock, because I enjoy that stuff, too. But, you know, there's no, you know, flying out over the audience or breathing fire. Dave was still on the throne. and That's I, what I was going to ask. So he was in the throne still. Yeah. Okay. I, I initially thought that I was going to like it less because of that. Because, you know, I've seen, you know, videos and, and, and things of that nature of him running around. and Right. But, and, and uh, you know, they got like this long runway almost like a giant penis coming out into the audience you know yeah <laughs> and uh this throne you had, just you had goes, to get you had to get the dick, yeah. dick comment in didn't you I had to get one in right. um uh the <laughs> it's basically on tracks and it just goes back and forth depending on where he is and then anytime he got out of it now he's a little more mobile than he was initially he's in the soft cast now so there was times that he would get out of it and walk but he would use crutches so he, you know, he's taking crutches out to the end of this, you know, long phallic thing going into the audience, and then he sits down and plays a couple acoustic songs. Um, but yeah, they, I mean, they literally played every song that I would have wanted them to play. It's like I was, you know, I was, I wasn't sure if they'd play White Limo. Yeah. But that's one of my top five Foo Fighters tunes, so I was pretty jazzed when they played that. And but my my fun and enjoyment of of just listening to them kill that song was almost ruined by three people next to me that got up and left to go do something during this, and I'm just like, you guys fucking suck, man. This song <laughs> kicks ass, and, and the last thing you'd be shoot fucking doing is buying a beer, taking a piss, or getting a t-shirt. Yeah, you should pay attention to this because you apparently have no taste in music. So. Wow, very angry. Very angry about other people you don't know's opinion of what you're watching. I didn't go for a beer, a piss. I bought a T-shirt afterwards. I held it, man. I was a <laughs> rock soldier. That's not. I, I, I always have to piss. I have the bladder of a, a three-year-old girl. It's, <laughs> well, it's ridiculous. I, I, not drinking beer during a show, yeah, it helps not pissing. So yeah, um, yeah. So that's good. So is that good? You didn't even need a drink. No, <laughs> yeah, it was so good. I didn't get wasted. Exactly. Yeah. No. Uh, it was really, really good. That band, uh, you know, as you know, I'm a bit of a musician too, and it just made me feel so small watching how good they are at everything. Uh, they did a, like three Van Halen tunes, and I saw that in your set list. It just kicked ass, and um, they they played that Queen Under Pressure tune. Now they nailed it, but I I've never liked the song so. Uh-huh. Yeah, but I don't know. But they had fun, and it was amazing. Uh, I don't know, man. I just I, I can't imagine a, 
that show being better. I just maybe another twenty minutes and me on stage and we're rocking some kiss or something would have made it better evening for me, but it would have taken something like that. Yeah, it's it's I, I'm curious about when when you saw Kiss on the Reunion tour, how far into their tour were they? When Not they... too far. It was fairly early. Like we had one of the first month at least. Okay. It was July thirteenth, I, I think. I saw them in Louisville because they, for whatever reason, they weren't coming to. This is when I lived in Indiana. They weren't coming to Indy until later or something like that. I don't know why. Yeah. But I was I, I was really disappointed in the the concert that I saw, and I think it's because there were only three dates in, and they hadn't worked out a lot of the the kinks and peter chris was like asleep through the entire <laughs> show it was very uh lagging and but you know I, i've seen some some concerts of that reunion tour that i believe were a couple months into it where they've kind of were locked in but well a little bit of backstory and i won't get too carried away with this but uh um, this was still when, you know, people would stand in line for tickets. By the way, I stood in line for two hours for my Foo Fighters tickets on the, the day it came out. Old school. Nice. Yeah. Um, but uh, the, for the Kiss show, you know, there was the only option. Or you could call Ticketmaster, I think, you know, right. do it over the phone. But, right. So it, it, we were buying 10 tickets. We already know, because that was the most they'd sell you. And we already had the 10 people that were going with us. And five of us were able to actually get in line. Now, the thing they changed to, to get people from stop camping out, which drove me fucking crazy, was that they had random numbering. And they basically, like, you, you never, even if you were first there in line, you might not, you, know, you might be at the end of the line. lottery. Number. Yeah. yeah. Fuck that. Let people yeah. camp out. And I, I still think the early bird gets the worm, man. Yeah. If you're willing to, to stand in line and do it. I mean, we, we, we let people do it for shit like Black Friday and Star Wars toys. We can't do it for <laughs> fucking concerts. Right. No, no, they're delinquents. Not the ones that were in a tent outside the arena, I'll tell you that. Anyway, I had ended up getting the uh, the highest number, so I got in there, and 13 minutes after the tickets went on sale, the only thing they had left was upper deck. And I looked at the person, like, you don't have even one ticket on the floor? And they literally had a ticket that was printed out that somebody ended up not buying, sitting on top of the cash register. And he's like, well, I got this one. I'm like, I'll take that and <laughs> nine tickets. <laughs> so you sat by yourself? I did, but, you know, funny. I mean, this was a dream come true for me. You know, it's like, I want to be as close as I can get. How you know? close were you? Uh, I was 20, 21 or 22, row 21, 22. Yeah. So it wasn't the greatest seat in the world, and fortunately, my friends weren't too upset. I think most of them, you know, that stood in line with me were of the same mind that like, I'd probably do the same thing. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, yeah, I had to sit next to a guy who took his two kids, uh, and it was... But once I saw Paul Stanley kind of walk through the fog, mm-hmm. uh, didn't it matter. I was in a zone for the next two hours. And it was, I, you know, it, and maybe it wasn't the greatest show in the world, but because I had waited my entire, you know, I was right. almost 20 years into being a Kiss fan at this point, I had never seen this band. And so, but I, I still think it was a good show because I saw them later on that tour and it was great, but it wasn't as good. It seemed like the energy had kind of died. Mm-hmm. Let's move on. Fair, fair enough. So, I, so anyway, Foo Fighters, and and what, what do you hear about Foo Fighters when when people talk about them, media wise? Well, the general perception is they're the only rock band on the planet, um, <laughs> unless you count U two and Metallica. But you know, it, and you know, even Dave Grohl joked about it the last time they're at the Video Music Awards. He's like, it seems like any time they put one of these things together, whether it's that or the Grammys, and they need a rock band, they just call the Foo Fighters. 
you know, he, he was kind of lamenting the idea that like more people should do it. Um, so yeah, the big perception is, oh, I love the Foo Fighters, and these are typically people that don't probably have a hard time naming a Foo Fighters song, but you know, they they just love them. They know Dave Grohl, and he's a good guy, and he shops at Target, and uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and to a certain extent, he's earned the reputation. I mean, he's backed it up with with what I consider some of the best music of of, of the time that we're talking about, and. You know what? I'll say this. This is probably the most irritating thing about Dave Grohl, is that more of people at his level should should be doing what he does because if anything, he shows you how easy it is to not be a complete fucking dickhead. You know, he he's not. You know, uh, I don't know. It's 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 not like you know he's giving away so much of his time. He's just not being an ass. Uh, I'll tell you. Here's a story he told at the show. Uh, he said uh, that he wasn't sure, but he thought it might have been the last time he was in Minnesota. There was a bar just up the hill that he went to, and uh, he ended up uh, uh, they singing karaoke with the karaoke band. Um, I posted a couple pictures from the show, and a buddy of mine, he corrected Dave Grohl. He says, I, th- I didn't see him last time, but the time before they were here, I heard that he had went to a bar. And so he actually heard or thought it was a rumor to him, and Dave mm-hmm. Grohl had told the story when he was on stage. And that kind of shit is all I'm getting at. It's like he seems to understand the perfect balance of when it's time to be that guy and and also just writing good music and getting out there. And because of that, he is the go-to guy for the media and the big picture and how we do that. And and I get out some people that are more into it like you and I might get sick of it because I, I think, you know, even when I hear him like talk too long, you can sense a little bit of like he realizes how awesome he is. Um <laughs> But it doesn't bother me that much because he backs it up, and, and he's not a dick, and he's not a douchebag, and and he he doesn't spend his time bad mouthing people for no reason. Uh, if he's got any negative feelings about Courtney Love, he typically keeps it to himself. Uh, not and and frankly, I wouldn't mind if he talked bad about Courtney Love. But you know what I mean? It, hearing Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons talk about Ace and Peter as if they're like you know stick figures or some kind of cardboard cutout that can be be easily replaced with a, a a fucking trip to uh i don't know whatever that that uh what's that place that sells the big wall posters <laughs> spencer's no you know what i'm talking about no, you know it's like usually athletes but basically it's like you know anybody in kiss is just basically a, oh a you fucking, mean the fat fat head yeah fat head on okay. the wall you know sure. what i mean and and i don't know i just think it's unnecessary and then you don't have to be a humorless asshole either you know have some fun with your fucking life Quit taking shit so seriously. Right. I, have, I have to jump in. You're going on one more tangent. So, so essentially, the for the Foo Fighters, you've got articles that this one actually drove my my friend insane. Uh, his name is Rob. He's the one that actually helped interview uh, Bruce hmm. Kulick, and he goes, "I'm and I are buddies on Facebook." Yeah. So he says, <laughs> he says, he goes, "Have you seen this article? It says Foo Fighters, the last rock band on earth." Or something to that effect. And he's like, are you fucking kidding me? Why? And that had to do it. He's like, I, I cannot believe that this is this is what the, the media sees. You know, that, that's the, it's their token rock band that they always put on these shows. You know, if they're going to have one rock band, they, they throw them on there. Mm-hmm. And it's not that they're a bad band. And I like a lot of their music. I'm not somebody that, that can say that I like all their albums. But it's, it's you know, he's definitely helped out and, and, and flown the flag for, for rock in general, but it just goes to show you that that's kind of the perception about rock right now. And it yeah, actually no, has, definitely. Has, has gone into 
you know, it's also something that Foo Fighters is the band for people that hate rock. Not you yeah, per se, but, but in general, just saying like, oh yeah, I have this buddy of mine. He, I hate admitting he, it. he actually hates concerts and doesn't doesn't can't get into any music. But he'd be like, man, I love the Foo Fighters, you know, because it's just I don't know what it is. He's like, I, I've that's the one band I'll see live and all that stuff. And you say they're incredible live, but it's just I don't know. I, I think that there's a couple bands that uh, it amazes me that should have something like. You know what would be a great fest, I think, is Foo Fest. Something like mm-hmm. that, where they kind of, you know, grab some younger bands like like Dave Grohl, you know, is 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 pushing for, for rock and everything. But that's what I think would be really effective. And that's something well, they I have think. Royal Blood would, on, on this tour. Did they? I mean, they're kind of new. Yeah, I that's mean, good. So they have good I didn't really openers. care for them, but uh, I, I get why either. people do. They're like a two chord band. They're okay. well, they're like a heavy white stripes, and I just, I don't know. Yeah. There's something I got to tell you, it, it sounded real thin live. I bet. <laughs> It's yeah, like no. they didn't use any backing tracks. <laughs> yeah, that's probably what it is. So, anyway, but wait, hey, wait, real quick, go ahead. Let's take rock out of the equation. Who are the other big current artists, though? I mean, are we talking like Nicki Minaj, Beyonce, Katy Perry, uh, Taylor Swift? All right, throw in fucking Bieber. I mean, these people are known almost for anything but their music. And that's kind of the state of music now. Everybody likes to like, you know, I think because rock fans are so passionate, we want we want this to never die. We 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 crave newness, whether it's old artists doing new music or new artists giving us something different. But I think the general consensus when it comes to being that powerhouse, gigantic arena tour type type artist, you're almost known for anything other than your music. Even the big country guys, you know. Yeah, no, uh, I I think the best musicians in the world are in rock bands. Mm-hmm. It's the most creative, the most whatever, however you want to break it down. That's that's where the talent. I'm just is. saying maybe it's less about the death of rock and basically the death of interest in music in general when it comes to the mainstream and how what we get see from MTV or you know your your major networks when they do cover music or the Grammys or whatever. It's really just about that, and then they tap into the. I don't know, like Paul McCartney or The Who when they need some credibility. <laughs> and, and I can't believe we're actually saying this on the show, but I will give props to Taylor Taylor Swift for one thing, and that is obviously it was for her own self-gain for the most part, but the whole thing about, you heard about Apple Music, right? Yeah. And they were actually trying to cheat people out. They had out a nice promotion and they wanted to like screw the artists at the same time. It's like, it's your fucking promotion. <laughs> you pay for it. Right, right. But she actually said, like, I, I'm, I, you know, and actually that it went through that the artists were getting paid. So there's a couple yeah. things like that that I... Oh, she made a difference there, but yeah, fuck her. So anyway, you got your Foo Fighters that are on the top of the food chain, and you've got your bands that are... They have their cult following, but they kind of just tour within a couple states, or at least Midwest, on one coast, things like that, and they, they do decently. And then you've got bands that go worldwide... And there's one I'm going to speak of in particular that kind of throw in the towel. And there, there's two of them that I know of currently. And that is that these, these bands, they, they go all out. They've, they've gone to different countries. They're on these fests on the, the lower tier of the fest, but they still are there. And one of them that kind of started uh, branching out to, to little to no success was, remember that band Trucker Diablo? Mm-hmm. Now, they... 
they threw in the towel about two years ago, and then they they decided to to continue on, but basically not to tour anymore for the most part, except basically local bars. Right. And that and that is that from the cost. And so there's this band called Glamour of the Kill that are kind of like Avenged Sevenfold. They've got a little uh, screamo into them, and they're not my favorite favorite thing. But they do have a couple good songs. In fact, they actually did a cover of Love Gun. That was pretty kick ass. And they are. They basically quit after three albums. They, they're definitely, they're not famous in the U.S., but they have a, a decent following elsewhere. Where they, they basically made a statement and said, after 10 plus years of writing, recording, and performing, the time has come for us to bring the band to a close. Whether we revisit this in the future is undecided. And it, the statement basically goes into the fact that it says, for longer than we can actually remember, we have been playing music together and have been fortunate enough to play shows to a large number of people across the world. Despite this, music has been no way for us to afford to live, pay bills, or do anything that functioning human beings do. <laughs> and the massive costs associated with touring internationally, more often than not, means putting every single penny we have made back into everything else we have done. It has come to a point where we need to take a step back from this and focus on other careers to allow ourselves to get by for our families. And that's a damn shame. You know what I mean? Like the fact that they are going, they're getting picked up on all these major fests, but either they're getting paid, to, they're probably paying to play, or they're getting paid hardly yeah. anything. And then, you know, they actually go through the effort and go full full tilt into this and just basically well, have to bail. And what is the answer there? Because, you know, as, as much as you might hear about some of these, you know, fests, some are successful, some aren't. You know what I mean? It, it, I, I think the margins are pretty thin for even the people hosting it, you know? Right. Um and I, I think I don't know. Yeah, it's I see bands like Bobaflex when they come through here, and and I, I I can't believe you know they get a decent drawing, but I'm like it should be it should be twice this, it should be three times this. It this is the type of music that people who like rock music should be listening to. Yeah, this is new. This is a different angle on what we grew up with. You know, you should fucking be here. Pay your goddamn ten bucks, and you know, give these guys a life. Because I want another Bubble Flex record, you know. But yeah. I, as yeah. a musician who tried, yeah, I can tell you if someone was to, you know, if, if sadly someone asked me for my advice, uh, I would say get good at what you do, learn a bunch of covers, and be the best damn cover band in your town because you'll make money. <laughs> yeah, uh, do it on the and, side at least, right? And and it's 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 a legitimate goal. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, and you can still have a job. This would just be extra money, right? You know, uh, but to, to commit to even what like Bobaflex or Crowbot and some of these you know great young bands are doing, it, it's 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 hard to imagine you know much money coming their way, and and that's sad because they need it because we need them. Yeah, and, and there's kind of like not a complete solution because I have to say that a lot of the bands that I've discovered in the last five years have been because of these fests. So it mm -hmm. actually does, you know, it, it kind of works for them. And the people that actually will go out and buy their albums and support them, like like myself and, and you, you know, that's, we do it. So it's it, kind it, of... It's, it's everything else that's missing, you know. I mean, there is no, I mean, the fact that there's basically three hard drives somewhere in California supplying every rock station or country station or pop station with the same <laughs> fucking songs, you know, there is no local, like, you know, I mean... There's no local flavors, you know. Like St. Louis doesn't listen to anything different than we listen to here now. It's amazing. That wasn't always the case. Yeah, you know? like I had 
down here, when I actually turned the actual radio on one time on mistake, <laughs> I, I, I flipped through it. And there's two rock stations down here in Florida. And I went to one of them, which was on the top, top of the dial. And they were playing Leonard Skinner. I think it was Sweet Home Alabama. And then I went to the other channel, and they were starting Sweet Home Alabama. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I mean, this is different hard drives. They're slightly out of sync. Oh, they're out know? of sync. Yeah, there's a, there's well, there's a little bit of latency between yeah. between both drives. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. My God, we've gone off for a while. Listen, well, maybe podcast will will help change that. Yeah, exactly. One at a time. So actually, we're playing some crazy covers for this one. I'm not sure if I'm going to splice this up in between because it's a lot of talk we did between cover one to cover two. Yeah, whatever, it's the Foo Fighters, right? Yeah, so why don't you mention which one you want to play? Well, we uh, let's do Baker Street. Uh, the Jerry, it's Jerry Rafferty, right? <laughs> yeah, the only reason I know yeah, that. Like, yeah, I was like, God, I can't believe I actually pulled that out of my ass. Uh, yeah, Jerry Rafferty uh, he had one song, and it's called Baker Street. It's called Baker Street, and it's definitely not a rocking ver- uh, song to begin with. No, and they nail it, and they, they kind of food up a little bit, but they stay kind of true, and this kind of... Is back to that, like, I don't know that I like one way or the other yeah. better. But. It depends. So what what was this on, though? What was the this a B-side on? Yeah, it's a B-side of something. I know they put it on, like I said, the, the deluxe edition of Color and Shape. They did uh, on that one. Yeah. Also yeah. Ozone? That's where so I put, got it from. Okay. I, have, I don't know where Ozone exists. I just, I've only heard it on YouTube, but that also was like a B-side on something. But. I had it at some point. I don't remember what it was on, but... Yeah, so anyway, here's Baker Street by the Foo Fighters.
All right, next up is a song that rocks and then completely flipped and just made very unique. And it's by a band that definitely is not on the top of my list of, of bands that I enjoy. I don't hate them. They're, they're at least a unique band. But basically, there's this fest called Sunfest down here in Florida. And mm-hmm. th- throughout the day, it gets a little Sunny. thin. Sunny? Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. That's what you interrupted me to say? I didn't know I was interrupting. I, I thought you were mm-hmm. done. Let me proceed. But <laughs> but anyway, so there's bands you got to get through. And, and I, I don't hate this band. They're just not my band. And one of them is, you know, I, I kind of... They played for a long time. Cake. You recall Cake from oh, the 90s? Oh, God. Yeah. Well, they played a couple covers, but one of the covers that they played, and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? This is this is pretty cool, is they actually play a cover of War Pigs. Have you ever heard it? I actually have. It's pretty cool. It's flipped around, but it's it's got all the parts from I it. I saw them live, too, and they did it. Okay, all right. So I thought that was pretty cool, and, and it's definitely unique. And, and so you have anything, <laughs> anything else to say about this one? I can tell you something about Cake. Go ahead. Uh, the festival that I saw them at, it was like this three-day memorial weekend deal. And um, they were selling individual Papa John pizzas with one of the vendors. All right. Anyway, during their show, uh-huh. uh, everybody started throwing these boxes up in the air. And as they'd come down, someone would catch them and keep throwing them up. And it's like this weird concert bowl. It's the same place where they do Northern Invasion. And if you, I wish at the time I had a camera because it was the coolest thing I've ever seen. You just see all these boxes going up and down, up and down. And rather than embrace the moment and, and realize how special it was, the Cake Singer like took it personal that we weren't all paying attention to their brilliance and their you know shortened festival set. <laughs> fucking hipsters. Uh, yeah, whatever. Take your fucking Birkenstocks or whatever. I mean, he wears a fedora once in a while. Yeah, uh, I'm not <laughs> a big the, Cake fan, but... <laughs> There's on. nothing wrong. I actually have a couple fedoras. Okay. Let's <laughs> say busting my balls every time it's uh, sunny. I got one of those goddamn things on. You know, I'm just jealous because my head's so giant. Every hat makes looks so <laughs> tiny on it. <laughs> gotta get the XXL. I got. But here we got cake with Wapigs.
this world stops turning As you hear the bodies burning No more war pigs have the power All right, next up, we've got a cover by the band Veins of Jenna. Do you even know who Veins of Jenna are? Oh, yeah, they're like Swedish, right? Something like that? Yeah, they are basically this group that I think soaking wet for the entire band is 500 pounds. I mean, these guys are skinny as fuck, and they... Metal sludge darlings, if I remember right. Yeah, they don't exist anymore, and the one that... Stevie Rochelle actually was their manager, I believe, at one point. So that's why you, you saw them a lot of mental sludge yeah. back in the day. But they put out their first album, and I don't remember what it was called, but it was terrible. And then their, <laughs> their, their second, it was unlistenable. And then their second one, it just it killed. I was like shocked. I was actually sent a demo of it back in the day by Stevie Rochelle because he put out something that said, like, hey, if you want to do a review on this, et cetera, et cetera. And I reviewed it for a site back in the day. And I really liked it. And they have a cover on that album of Tom Petty's Refugee. Have you ever heard it? No, I have not. So, like you Unless said... Unless I've heard Tom Petty's Refugee. Of, <laughs> I would hope so, yeah. I mean, who, who hasn't heard every single Tom Petty song? And I like Tom Petty. And All right. Yeah. But I got a feeling he actually will back down. <laughs> Fair enough. So... Their cover, though, is basically Imagine Refugee, except it's on the Sunset Strip, and it's all sleezed out, which sounds like yeah. a horrible idea, but it's they, they really pull it off well. And, nice. and I think when you actually listen to the podcast afterwards and hear it, you'll be like, that is pretty badass. But there is a funny story about them, too. And did you ever see when they stopped basically being a band and, and, and Stevie Rochelle on the for like two months, I believe, on the cover of Metal Sludge was trying to sell their van. I didn't see that, no. You didn't? Okay, it was like some... You know, what, those... was it, wasn't there like a brief period where they were still a band, but like the singer was gone and they had a new singer and there was some dispute, or am I thinking of something else? No, that's what it was. Yeah, they put out a third album that was all covers with some new dude, and they dropped everything about their sound, and it was a covers album that had a cover of 
Gnarls Barkley's Crazy, which every band on earth did at the same mm-hmm. time, and it was it was not good, and just a bunch of predictable covers. But that was pretty much their last hurrah, and then I guess they retreated back to Sweden. So here is Vanzagena with Refugee. In my band, Jesus Chrysler has kind of existed in different kind of like little, I don't know what you want to call it, quadrants. God's, over the, God's favorite band? God's favorite band, Jesus right. Chrysler. Mm-hmm. The band basically started with me and the drummer, Shags. But uh, it's, going back to like 98, we started this, uh, it, was, it was me and a drummer, Shags, and then kind of a revolving door of guitar players, and we had a bass player 
uh, we, whose moniker was Knuckles. We all kind of went by nicknames, clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and Knuckles quit in 2011 and was replaced by Shores. There's, a, there's the quick history. But Shags uh, had to leave. Is this on he, Wikipedia for me to review? <laughs> not, no, apparently we're not important enough uh, to get a Wikipedia page. You but. realize that you could do that yourself, right? And it's yeah, but I looked up. into it and it was really complicated. And I was like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> All right. Continue. Uh, in 2009, you know, we're, he's still one of my best friends. Um, he came up for basically a drunken weekend and, and, and we recorded this little record with Treble. Yeah, it's uh, it's probably it's like a comedy. Re- it's closer to a comedy record than actual musicians. But I thought we did it. We we had some fun with the Kelly Clarkson. I think it turned out pretty good. It's Shags on drums, me on guitar and bass guitar, and Trouble on lead guitar. Okay, and what's the, what cover? What Kelly Clarkson song? Oh, it's uh the Walk Away. Yeah. 
Flacco, because of our several tangents going different directions, uh, instead of just playing <laughs> playing some music and, and keeping the, <laughs> keeping that conversation relative give the fans what they want relative to the theme of the show. Uh, we're gonna have to split. I'm not this comfortable in. even calling them fans. They're listeners. Yeah, they're listeners, and we completely forgot about the whole Cobras on fire part this time. But we'll 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 make good on it next episode. We kind of threw this one together to. Yeah, those guys at Despo we do that crap all the time where they don't get to it. Exactly, it. exactly. So we're less professional than them. So just deal with it. But we appreciate everybody sharing and posting our our episodes out there. Our, our viewership has our viewership. What the fuck? Our listenership. Has, has definitely increased over the last couple months. So thank you. But what what now? It's a lot of fun. Yeah. So we're going to split this into to two parts. So when I finally have the time to edit this together, you'll hear part two in a couple weeks. And we'll definitely have that Kiss Talk Show, the original, never done before. Three sides of the shilling. Yep. So until then, see you later. Bye-bye. <laughs> to sing like Vince Neil? I bet you have. Well, now that dream's come true. Thanks to Vince Neil's Rock Vocal Power Instructional Series. Rock Vocal Power. Hi, I'm Vince Neil of Motley Crue, one of the greatest singers of all time. My Rock Vocal Power program includes the art of singing every fifth word. Plus, if you run out of breath, just point the mic stand at the audience and they'll sing it for you. Rock Vocal Power! In addition, I'll teach you how to destroy our national anthem and disgrace our country at the same time. Rock Vocal Power! This is all done by a strict regimen of eating cheeseburgers at midnight, drinking heavily, DUIs, Rock Vocal Power! Just apply at VinceVocalPower.com today. Rock Vocal Power! It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.